you know, stirring it around until the milk becomes like chocolate milk, then I'm all for that. I finish my cereal and then right at the end, I just get a good gulp of chocolate milk right at the end. Dude, where were um, you in like 2000 to 2005? That's all childhood was. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Episode of the Bros and Brews podcast. Welcome in, by all means, welcome. Whether it be morning, noon, or night, or any of the other hours of the day, I feel like morning, noon, and night kind of get a bit of the bit of the focus. So, if you're listening in any other time of the day, good for you. But by all means, welcome in. It's a uh, glorious, glorious day here in Wellington, Matt. I got to ask you, bro, how are you? I'm good. I'm well. I'm well. It's also a glorious day up here in Auckland today. I uh, did open my curtains for a for a moment this morning and saw that the sun was shining. So I am I am hoping the sun is shining on everyone listening today. Um, on this, it is uh, Waitangi weekend. Waitangi, it is Waitangi uh, weekend. Yep, yeah, Waitangi day yesterday, and uh, obviously Mondayized once again. Quite a quite a weird uh, time of the calendar. Uh, you know, you have two long weekends in, in a row. So I, I I know that someone came into work the other day. And was like, oh no, I've just taken the whole week off, so he gets an extra little bit of leave. So if, you, if you are, a, you know, a Monday to Friday nine to five uh, job, then I, I hope you've enjoyed these past two weeks. Um, but no, I'm I'm good. I'm good. You know, once again, that just that work grind. Um, but always a lovely breath to come and uh, come and talk here with you, bro. So uh, how how are you doing? Yeah, good, good. Uh, it's a it's a Sunday today. We should. And uh, full transparency to to the loyal <laughs> listeners out there, say we are recording a day early for no reason other than the fact that James wants to watch the Super Bowl tomorrow <laughs> on Monday, and that True. is why we're here a day True. early. So thank you to you for kindly agreeing to shift things towards Sunday. Um, it's kind of brilliant that for once the Super Bowl has lined up on on public holiday. So mm-hmm. I know people mm-hmm. that are interested in watching. American football it doesn't happen very often like I can remember through school pretty much always it being on a Monday and being done by the time I got home from school on the bus and so yeah I'm sure there'll be many people around even just New Zealand making buffalo wings and American foods tomorrow Um, I don't know if if I would be bothered doing anything about that but I do want to sit down and enjoy it so that's why we're here slightly day a day early but we'll release it as per normal um but yeah generally good man it's a beautiful day here the long weekends is uh, I mean, we're only halfway through it but it has been great so far and yeah just excited to have a bit of a bit of a chat no that's what we do that's what, what we do, we do. That's, that's what, what we people do. know us for yeah it's <laughs> i mean it's been it has been a long week a bunch mm, of life stuff happened this week all over the place um not not least uh the one of the most significant things that happened this week was uh, our our car broke down. No. Well, when we say, I don't know if broke down's, down's correct, but uh, basically went to Island Bay for dinner uh, one night, parked the car, had a little you know packed dinner on, on the beach, back in the car, turned it on, and just felt, oh, that feels like a flat tire. And so we pulled around the corner and parked the car and got out, and there was this massive puddle of oil under the front right-hand tire, eh? and... I mean, I 
cars leaking oil isn't actually the end of the world. Like a lot of cars just drip some oil yes, every now and yes. then. But this was like a puddle of oil. And I got down with a little receipt and just tested it. And I was like, yeah, there's there's nothing else. This is a massive puddle of oil, which was confusing because we thought there was a flat tire. So mm. anyway, Island Bay, beautiful weekday evening, called up the old insurance company and they're like, yeah, well, we'll send a tower your way. Unfortunately, it was in the evening, so we couldn't go straight to a mechanic. Um, but thankfully, there's a mechanic near uh, the flat. So we kind of killed two birds with one stone by saying, oh, well, can you tow us to outside the mechanic, which got us home and also meant that uh, the car was pretty close to that for the next day. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. You've probably never been towed before for any no. reason as a non-car no. driver yourself true. very uh, true thanks for bringing it up once again my my first you're so welcome bro <laughs> certainly my first experience um and yeah so the the tow truck driver turned up and so was fran and i both there and i guess he just people there's some people in the world that work in professions that they do something every day mm. and they forget i feel like they forget that for everyone they interact with most of the people, it's their first time at the thing that that person is doing all the time. Yeah, yeah. But a tow yeah. truck driver, that's what they spend their work week doing is towing yeah. people. It's their normal. But for people like us in this instance, we're like, uh, we don't know what to do. Like, <laughs> do you, how does this transaction work? And so <laughs> do it was you take very, us home? yeah, it was very, very fumbly. <laughs> And so he was like, oh, yeah, just drive it up onto the back of the ramp. And so, like, lowered down this ramp at, like, probably a, somewhere between, you know, about 45 degrees. So okay. he just drove the car up onto the back of this 45-degree um, back of the tow truck. And then I guess he must have been, because I drove it up, must have been doing some clamping-type stuff on the back. And then for a long time I thought I was just going to be at 45 degrees and then he flattened it out. So it was oh, sitting yep, flat yep, in it. Yep, yep. And again, more awkward fumbling. I was like, do we sit in the cab with you? <laughs> do we stay in the car? And he was like, oh, well, there's only space for one in the front. So Fran sat in the cab with him and I sat and you in, the in the driver's car. seat in the car <laughs> while we drove back to Brooklyn. And it was one of the weirdest experiences <laughs> I've ever had in a moving vehicle because not that high off the ground. Like, I guess maybe a meter and a half up, yeah, 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 but yeah. sitting in a car that you have no control over. And it was so bumpy, man, like <laughs> unbelievably bumpy. And it didn't help that he went up and down some crazy hills and speed bumps and stuff, but it felt like a roller coaster ride. It was mental. Like I didn't feel unsafe. I knew no. I'd be buckled in and everything, but just being so strange sitting that high off the ground in a car, but having no control. And I just couldn't help but kind of drive along. Like it was a bit, it was yeah. almost like being in time zone. <laughs> yeah, and doing I can like them you. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was almost like um, if you were on like a movie set or something, Yeah, you know, like you're, you're, you're pretending to drive in the car, but you're not actually driving the car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just such a, such a strange experience. And cause I could see like friend, the cab chatting to him about, random stuff and i just felt very helpless sitting in in the car and able unable to drive not having anyone to talk to and the thing is i took a lot of videos because i thought it was pretty interesting and it just felt so wrong to be sitting in the driver's seat and moving and recording 
Did you make any like awkward eye contact from anyone else on the road, like at lights or anything? No. no. Oh, see, that would have been brilliant. Yeah. I would have loved to have pulled up beside, not that I drive, but I, I brought it up, um, but pulled up beside it and then just kind of looked over and then there's you just in this car on yeah, top of right? the Because I've seen truck. lots of cars be towed before, but I don't think I've ever seen anyone in the car no, while it got no. towed. Um, yeah, no, because we were going around sort of Happy Valley Road. It wasn't exactly like through the middle of town. Oh, of course. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that would have made for great, great comedy. Great um, comedy. But yeah, that was such a strange... I mean, all the stuff that was happening with the car, massive pain. You never want it to happen. Oh, and you just go, course. this is massive cost. That's just going to take to repair this. And you kind of don't really see the reward because it just resets everything back to normal. But that was the one enjoyable aspect of it was being in a car on a tow truck being towed and just thinking this is so strange Yo. um <laughs> yeah i don't know if i'd recommend it to people mm. it was p- kind of fun Took i it also kind of was a, like bricking it a little bit but yeah that was Yo. one of the seriously one of many random things that happened this week yeah um, that's a that's a good story yeah I, I, yeah i i've i've got i've got something similar in the sense of that feeling of like just just not wanting something to happen but it it did you know so i mean as everyone knows and you know i work in retail and i had you know i just had an experience that you just never want to have as a as a as a employee at a retail store um working everything was sweet everything was going really good this guy comes in and you know i kind of i greet him you know i do the like little hey what's up and classic folding t-shirts be like hello exactly yep the basic acknowledge you got to acknowledge so I acknowledged him and he was, you know, he was looking around and he was spending one time at a wall for a very long time. So, I, you know, I went about my thing, did my thing. I didn't want to intrude on him too much because he just, he seemed like one of those people that he, like, he is okay. And anyway, I was watching him, like, look at stuff and he, you know, he grabbed a, grabbed a few things, jumper, you know, long sleeve polo and a, a few other things. Anyway, I saw him start walking towards the, the changing rooms and Typically, you know, what we do as a part of our service, we would take them down to the changing room and put them in the changing room. A, that's just like, you know, a little extra mile with the customer. And B, it's also we know what's going into the changing room as well. Because you go into some stores, especially a lot of like women's stores and things, they have like numbers or tags on the doors to let you know how many items are in the thing. And that's the way that we kind of do it without being so obvious that we're doing it. Anyway, he goes into the changing room um, and I'm just at the back of the counter, just doing a few things, folding a few things, generally looking around the store because I'm, I'm manager, I'm, I'm managing the store, I'm looking after everything. And he comes out of the changing room with nothing in his hands and I can, from the, from the corner of the, of the door, I can see that there's an item hanging up in there. And I said to him, I was like, hey man, how did that all go for you? He was like, just trying. I was like, okay, sweet as. And then he just walked out of the out of the store and I was like okay cool one of those interactions real basic didn't want my help anyway probably about four or five minutes pass and I go to the changing room and I grab the items from in the changing room and then I put them on the counter and I go yep yep there's something missing Mm. 
and I, I knew it because I saw it in his arm when he was walking to the changing room. I was like, no, I, I swear he took that. So I went over to the items on the rack. There was definitely one not on the rack. I asked everyone in the store. I was like, hey, has anyone sold this long sleeve polo? And everyone was like, no, no. Wasn't that guy trying it on? I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that guy was trying it on. Went to the changing room again, checked, nothing, couldn't find this polo. I went to the guys. I was like, guys, I'm pretty sure that guy just stole something. And they were like, what? I'm like, yeah, I can't find it. Search the stock up on the system. Yep, we definitely still have one on the system. Can't find it anywhere. And so I kind of, I, I start freaking out. My anxiety starts going up because as obviously being in charge of the store and having something stolen, I just, it's just one of those sick feelings. Yeah. So I quickly did go for a walk around the mall, even though I know that if I confront him, I can't really do anything about it. Yeah. But I start walking around the mall. I can't see him. I go back to the store. I'm like, guys, he's gone. And then someone just picks up the phone and it's like, why don't you just call security? I'm like, but what is the point of calling security? Like, he's long gone now. I was like, yeah, fine. Okay, cool. I called security. And it was a really weird interaction with security. They uh, answered the phone. I was like, hey, yeah, I'm pretty sure we've just had something stolen. And the first thing she said to you was, uh, can you confirm that it was stolen? And I was like, oh, um... Uh, well, I, a guy was trying something on and it's no longer here. She's like, okay, cool. We'll send someone down. Anyway, guy came in and then I gave him a description. I was like, yep, like uh, hat, sunglasses, t-shirt, shorts, bag with him kind of thing. Um, and then, you know, he uh, we then we had this like little weird interaction because obviously working in store and, and you know, you, you don't want to like profile. Yeah. Obviously, you know, people coming in store, you don't want to profile anyone. But he does. He asked me, he's like... Um, like a description ethnicity and my heart sank at that point because I was like oh um I'm pretty sure that he was he was Asian uh, and he was like Asian I was like yeah uh, he, he was Asian oh, tan oh, maybe he was brown and it was just this really awkward kind of situation because like I said I don't want to profile anyone or anything anyway he goes off walks about I'm talking to the guys we're walking around the store righty righty rah and then I went out back and then all of a sudden one of my staff members comes to me while I'm out back and he's like, hey, Matt, you should probably come out here. I'm like, okay. I come out to the front counter and there's two security guards with the guy at the counter. And then the guy pulls two items out of his bag and puts it on the counter. And she's like, is this the guy? And I look down at the clothes and I'm like, well, obviously he's the guy because he's just put two items in front of me. I'm like, yes, that's the guy. And then all of a sudden, this like security guard starts roasting him in front of us. Not actually roasting him, but she's like, okay, look, you're going to be um, two years trespass. Um, and she goes to us, if you ever see this guy again, you call the cops because he's going to be trespassed. You don't need to go through us. You just call the cops. And he's just like standing there, just like having like 12, 16 different eyes on him yeah. as he's being told he's being trespassed from this mall. Um, and yeah, and then we had a talk about the security guards and I said to them, I was like, why, why do people, like if I was to steal, I would go into one store, steal something and then leave. Like I, I wouldn't want to have the chance of being caught, but the security guards were saying, they're like, nah, it's like gambling. It's like going to the casino. You feel like you've got away with it once that you can just keep on going for it. So the guy was still in the mall trying to steal other stuff. So the the moral of the story and i said this to my team members i was like there's part of me that didn't do my job right within the store because i didn't deter him deter him from stealing something while he was in the store but i obviously did enough in the sense of observing people that i knew what he had taken 
and his a description of who he was you know and so i said to the guys i was like you know this is this is why we help people this is why we do service in the store it's obviously to give them a good experience but it's also to just have security within the store but i I couldn't i couldn't believe it that he was still in the mall and i had somehow managed to catch the well it wasn't me but we somehow managed to catch the thief within the mall and now he's been trespassed and so he's not allowed in the mall for another two years Wow. As soon as you said, because um, Matt and I never tell each other these stories before, no. we like to leave things, you know, for for the, the liveness of, of, of it all <laughs> and the telling of it. Um, I didn't know what, when you said, you know, the worst thing, blah, 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 retail. And then before you got into it, I was like, burglar or like, yeah. Thief. I was like yeah, because I can imagine that sinking feeling of, I'm pretty sure this has just happened. I, I don't want it to be true, but exactly. I have a responsibility exactly. as not only as an employee, but as the acting manager that it's your job to deal with it. Mm. And I mean, the thing about theft, and I mean, this is just me giving my two cents on it, but you can kind of go to most stores and the stealing of an item isn't the hard part. No. In the sense of like, you can grab something and run. doesn't matter if there's beepers to let mm. you know that something's gone or there isn't like that isn't in a sense that isn't the difficult part like you could go into a shop and grab something near the front door and leave that's yep. will someone pursue is there security are you trying to not be caught in the act are you trying to get a you know and so i was going to ask you like i i still don't really understand why some stores have electronic beepers some stores don't like i probably would have thought yeah. that that the place your place of work would be somewhere that would like clothes have tags on them most of the time right yeah well here's the thing if you're if you're listening and uh don't don't ever steal anything from barkers um but uh, no we don't tag we don't tag in the store i've worked in outlet before and we had to tag every single individual item and it's just so much more time consuming so when you're in like a busy place or you know obviously there's a lot of people coming in and out all day it's just a whole nother thing to worry about yeah so what we do in the sense of teaching our staff and things it's it's service when when someone comes in store or a burglar a, a robber or whatever thief comes into the store and you're giving them service and time then they feel like they don't have like they they don't they can't they yeah. don't have the space to be able to steal anything so that's why we do service we do acknowledgements we do follow ups we see if they're getting on or right take them to the changing rooms check up on them in the changing rooms see how they are after the changing rooms so then that way they don't really have any time or space to be able to steal anything whereas if if you have security tags in a store subconsciously while you're working in that store you kind of go like oh everything's fine because yeah. there's security tags if anything goes wrong then it's just going to beep when they go out of the store so i feel like not having things securely tagged it really puts an onus on us to do our jobs properly and be more attentive and aware within the store which kind of makes for a better store environment me personally yeah i mean that's one of those i guess tricks of the trade insider thing because i've never it's something i've constantly find myself clocking like is there a you know, is there a be- and obviously there are stores where there are items worth five thousand dollars, but perhaps your store mm. isn't in that certain case. And if you did have a store where that was a case, potentially you just want that instant, yeah. instant reflex. But I mean, that's an interesting insight into like the retail industry because I've never thought about the the whole greeters 
a portion of why that is a role within that industry mm. specifically as being a if you walk into the door with bad intentions you immediately you don't think you have anonymity because if someone yeah. said hi to you like they've looked at you exactly they know you're there yeah, yeah exactly yeah. i mean what so. what i have found interesting being back in wellington is the amount of stores that are displaying uh, cctv pictures of thieves mm. and i don't know if if the state of the world and the economy and there's more people in need and situations where they they feel the need to steal whatever um life circumstance leads to that i don't want to pass judgment on that or if it's simply that more stores are just doing the well name and shame not naming i guess picture and shaming because i've seen it a lot more in wellington shops i feel like since i came back from overseas and i don't feel like it used to be a thing but now across lots of different industries i find places have pictures from cctv of people people stealing and how often do you run into that interestingly enough i woke up uh this week and i think it was on like thursday or friday and within the space of the first like seven or eight snapchat uh not snapchat instagram stories that i looked at two people had had their cars broken into and had stuff stolen on the uh, same morning and i don't wow. know if these people live near each other or mm. but yeah and and one of the the people went on instagram afterwards and i won't name this person um but they were talking about, you know, he went about it with the best possible mindset, I thought. And he said, the crime is frustrating. That's a bit of life admin I have to deal with. I'll replace the stuff. It'll be fine. But what is happening in the world that people feel the need to yeah. engage in that sort of activity and, and there's stuff that's going wrong. And I thought that was incredibly restrained and having a greater worldview to be able to perceive something like that and yep. go about it with a different mindset um, of that particular individual. But yeah, I mean, I, is that the first time in all your years working there that you've been actively involved in that sort of circumstance? Nah, 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 nah. I remember when I was working in Wellington, there was there was one woman that would, would always come in. And the thing is, is that we knew who she was, but we still let her into the store a few times. And I remember she came into the store one time and uh, we had like gloves, it was winter, there was gloves on the front counter, and I was just standing to the side of the store, and then uh, all of a sudden I saw her walk to the counter, and really slyly, she did a 180, grabbed some gloves, and then popped it straight under her arm, and started walking towards the door, and I just kind of approached her um, as she was walking out the door, and I was like, hi, excuse me, can I have those gloves back? And she was like, oh, sorry, 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 gives me the gloves and just walks away. So like I caught her like straight in the moment, but then another time she came in and once again, like, like I said before, as staff members, we should have just gone up to her as she was coming in the store and be like, sorry, we're not letting you in here because we know that you've stopped, like tried to steal from us before, but she was walking around the store and um, I'm pretty sure she like shoved some things in her bags, but I didn't want to approach her in the store around everyone else. So what I did was I actually waited for her to get outside of the store because technically in retail, someone's not stealing until they leave. Yeah. 
like they haven't stolen anything until they leave the store. So I waited for her to get outside, like right at one step onto the footpath. And I was like, hi, sorry, excuse me. Can I have that stuff back? She opens her bag. She has six pairs of underwear. She has like a jacket stuffed in her bag. And there was something else in there as well. And I just got it all back from her. And I said to her, I was like, look, if we ever see you again, then we're, we'll call the cops. And I never saw her again after that. And I don't know if the team's seen her again before, but yeah. And in other stores as well, I have noticed um, some items aren't in the system and we can't find them and things are unaccounted for and stuff. So sometimes things do slip through the cracks. And that's why I always say to my staff members and people I'm working with and when I'm training people, it's like, that's why we offer service. That's why we do service. It's for the customer, but it's also for the security and safety of the store as well. So Yeah. Wow. Interest like again, like one of those life things working in the industry that you just hope will never happen, but just yeah. of course, of course it does. The amount of yeah. days over the amount of weeks over the amount of years that you work there, that's just stuff that you run into. It's a great story. No, um, thank you. Thank you. I wish it didn't happen. <laughs> I wish that person yep. didn't feel the need to act on those impulses and I wish you didn't have to deal with it, but but it was gripping. It was gripping. It was. Yeah, it was. it's been a week it's been a bit of a week like that. There's a bunch of other stuff that happened that I it's just definitely talk about but we can't go <laughs> just talking about our weeks forever and ever no. and ever and ever even and though we know you listening want to but that's yes. not what we're here for yeah, though. yeah. <laughs> too bad it's not about you listener absolutely not <laughs> no it is all about you um yeah the, uh, we do have to we we do have we do to, have do to the, crack on we do have to crack on um <laughs> and i do have a question for you this week yes 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 um i'm, I'm, I'm excited it's not as as in-depth as the BuzzFeed Harry Potter one core question, but perhaps it's not massively leading in, in any direction. And in fact, it's not the question that I had for you about 45 minutes ago, because I have changed my mind. Oh, and so my, my simple question for you this week uh, to, to help bridge the, the great divide that is, is breakfast foods. My question to you mm. is cereal or toast? Oh, oh, that's a good one. See, I've, I've definitely evolved uh, over the years, um, I was always, always a toast. Always. I've always been a toast. Um, you know, my go-to would just be honestly simple butter, just, just simple butter, butter toast, uh, or it would be peanut butter. Um, I wouldn't really do a combo of either Vegemite, Marmite, no jam, not really. It would either be butter or peanut butter. Um, Honestly, I can say from my time that I've been in Auckland, so about the last year, I've been all about that cereal, man. I've been all about that cereal, mainly because like, obviously with bread, like you have to get through it quite fast, yeah. you know, um, otherwise it goes off. Obviously you can store it in the freezer, but I don't have a big freezer, so I can't do that. You can, some people put it in the fridge as well, but then that takes up more space in my small little fridge. Um, so I've just, I have been doing the cereal lately. So my, my go-to cereal is Milo, Milo cereal at the moment. Love me a bit of Milo cereal, man. Um, and then, yeah, obviously milk. I'm not a big milk drinker and I don't really like milk. That's why I never had cereal growing up because I didn't like milk. Um, but for some reason this past year, 
you know, doing the Milo cereal, doing a bit of milk, you know, stirring it around until the milk becomes like chocolate milk, then I'm all for that. I finish my cereal and then right at the end, I just get a good gulp of chocolate milk right at the end. Dude, where were you in like 2000 to 2005? That's all childhood was. Yeah, no, I know, but I just, it wasn't me. I I just, back then, I just, I I never had cereal. I I remember I did dabble with Milo cereal back when I was younger, um, but I'd never had anything else, like Cocoa Puffs, all of that kind of stuff. I'd never liked it. Cornflakes don't like it. It's just anything that doesn't really change change the milk into something but it like i said i never really had cocoa puffs or anything like that either so i was always toast growing up always um and then now definitely this last year just for like a bit of ease in the morning so i make myself a little bowl of cereal before i catch the bus so yeah i have evolved i have evolved and i'm, I'm gonna say I, I probably still won't go to my cornflakes or anything like that can't really do that stuff um but yeah cereal cereal for now cereal for matt 2021 and so do you just not really toast at all these days i don't toast at all these days no no the only time i ever toast is when i'm doing a toasty interesting i think we have really opposite trajectories like growing up (laughs) big time cereal i think mum was probably pretty on on like my sister in my case about toast not being particularly filling let's Mm -hmm. be honest bread is bread and oh, bread's bread. when it's white, it's even more bread bready than oh, any grainy Carbs bread. and carbs. Mm. Yeah. Um, and nothing that really atops a piece of bread at any stage of childhood is particularly beneficial for you. Probably with the exception of peanut butter. I think we're at a point now where peanut butter is actually pretty good for you, especially if you're having a brand that doesn't like massively yeah, add salt, yeah, added yeah. sugar. Yeah. But I think growing up, I was big into cereal and there was some serious like, serious cereal rules in our household like no <laughs> no fruit loops out of the question i mean and let's be honest they're so expensive if i was a yeah parent, i would exactly. not be buying spending eight dollars on a box of sugar you know um true but you know i, I to, to mum's credit she will listen to this eventually she did let us buy there was a there was a cocoa pops brand that wasn't cocoa pops i think it was called cocoa snaps and i maintain that they're actually better than cocoa pops because when you come down to it what you want is is longevity longevity of chocolate on the sort of rice puff itself mm. will you uh, hit, yep. hit the water and instantly go yeah um, yes we want that chocolatey milky goodness at the bottom but you oh, want it to stay so for some amount of time true and the actual flavor of cocoa snaps were better so and i think they were a bit cheaper and so we kind of had firm ratio of cereal rules wherein it had to be like 50% Cocoa Pops. Well, sorry, 50% cornflakes or Special K yep, or rice yep. bubbles and 50% of sugar cereal, basically. And so I got very, very good at like my perfect ratio of, you know, and the order that I would put them in the bowl and the right amount of milk. And, and for me, for years, that was my vibe. Like after yeah. school, coming home in the afternoons, that was my buzz. And to, to this day, like, I I probably wouldn't enjoy a bowl of um, Cocoa Pops, mm. uh, like, Frosted Flakes type things. Because, for me, that was always balanced out by something in the, the more, shall we say, boring cereal range. Again, Special K, <laughs> yep. Cocoa Pops, yep, uh, yep, yep, Corn yep, Flakes, yep. whatever. Um, so, yeah, through childhood, cereal was such a thing for me. And I I, I figured out where my, my go-to was. Um, but it's definitely dropped off a bit in the last few years because i don't know i just go to a supermarket and i see boxes of cereal and like uh, you know i'll enjoy a light and tasty some kind of 
boxed muesli, but I don't really get excited about it. And I don't think it's that much better for me than toasters. And because I've headed so far down the like sort of smoothie in the morning type thing, like for me, my standard is banana, scoop of peanut butter, cup of oats, cup of milk and mm-hmm. with some water on top. I tend to balance it out now where I'll have that and I'll be like, right, this is my actual breakfast. This is the yep. good stuff for me. And two pieces of toast um, with whatever on it. Sometimes yeah, I do nice. tomato. Like I love tomato on toast, which I guess you're getting some some fruit in there. Tomato's not a vegetable, folks. You heard it here first. Um, yeah, so so I've definitely <laughs> gone from cereal to toast. But there are some times where I'll have a bowl of cereal and I'll be like, oh, this is, this is, this is enjoyable. But, but yeah, I've definitely shifted. I, I wonder if everyone or, or the majority of people move towards what they didn't do what they didn't other. do or yeah if there yeah, are some yeah. people that are just blasting through toast throughout mm. their entire life and will never touch like bowl. i can understand why like bowl of cold liquid for some people might not be be it for them um what i was gonna say to you is if you're not a milk drinker bro you gotta try soy because soy is yes yeah so i um a really big tea that i was doing for a long time um oh was it soy oh it might have been almond fruitcake i can't even remember but i was doing a tea for a long time and uh, i've never really been a big tea drinker but i was doing a new york breakfast with a spoonful of honey and then either almond or soy milk Mm. and man that was the go like i absolutely love that i don't i don't really drink much tea at the moment um but no I, i i but i you're very right i haven't dabbled with a lot of different types of milk and and things like that, so uh, I'm, look, I'm young, you know. I'm only I'm only a small little child, you know. I haven't hit my thirties yet, um, so it's still plenty of time to to adapt and move on with my choices. Yeah, and I guess the the thing that I was going to say is is you know alternate milks. Like parents have been good at shifting towards alternate. Like mum will have oat milk with her porridge because you're having porridge anyway. So like. You're, it's a, literally sense. an oats-based yep. breakfast, but mm-hmm. they will probably never ever convert to alternate milk in their tea because they're so used to like the ratio of tea leaves to the yeah, taste of milk. Yeah, but yeah. for cereal in particular, most soy milks are sweeter than in taste, at least not mm-hmm. necessarily in sugar content. Most of them are sweeter than a bog standard normal milk. So I find that, especially if you're having a Milo cereal, like let's be honest, it's, it's a sweet sort of a breakfast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Soy's sure. great, bro. It, 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 okay. You're like, it, you'll feel even more desserty. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, most of the time I'm just drinking Pam's, like a Pam's regular soy. Just, just mm-hmm. try it once. No, no, I will, bro. I will. And I mean, like, you Especially know, Especially if it, you're not a milk, a milk, because I know that yeah. some people can't get off the milk buzz because they've been having it their whole life and anything whole else life. tastes differently. But I yep. feel like you could be easily converted to the, to the soy cereal buzz. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, another, another topic and another talk for another time, but I mean, definitely, yeah, just, I need to get away from that dairy buzz as well, you know? Um, so uh, hey, look, I'll give it a, I'll give it a devil. I'll give it a go next time. Eh? It, I'll hey. let you know. I'll, I'll let you know. Send, I'll send you up a bottle of Pam's soy. Oh, to, hey, I'd love that. Clinic. Hopefully, it's still good by the time it gets here. Hey, man, you, you, U H C U T H U, whatever those letters are. Until you open it, bro, just keep mm. it in the pantry. Doesn't even have to be in the fridge. Oh. Long term lasting. Oh, I'll shut up now. That'll be a different day. Where okay, we cool, dive cool, into cool, diet cool. and everything. Yeah, but, nice, nice, nice. But yeah, <laughs> I, I just thought I, I thought I'd gauge that you were heading in the cereal cereal direction. But I, I thought maybe. Yeah, well, maybe I think I've mentioned the old. Yeah, I think I've mentioned the old bowl. I mean, I had a bowl before we started recording. So, wow, lucky you. Oh, here we are on a Sunday, looking after yourself. Oh. 
Anyway, <laughs> let us know if you're a toast person, a, mm-hmm. a cereal person, mm-hmm. if you hate both and you exclusively eat, I don't know, yogurt for breakfast, mm. crickets, I don't know, crickets. I don't know. I was just throwing that in the left wing. Ignore me. Outrageous. If we had a, <laughs> if we didn't let all the episode in, that would be three seconds that we would cut out. <laughs> Anyway, we're waffling. We need to move on to. <laughs> we need to move on to one of the focuses of this week's episode, which is, of course, music corner. We're back after two weeks off to return to music corner. Of course, last time around we were talking about music festivals and summer bars and all that kind of stuff. And today um, we're going to turn our focus to the evolution of music, but not not like, the. Genre-based sort of Mm. jazz was invented here and then opera was invented here. No, no, unfortunately not that. If you were interested in that, I'm sorry, we've let you down. But we have something (laughs) far more interesting, at least us, for now, which is the evolution of music technology and how we've got to be in the Spotify age that we are in now and all the things that sort of preceded music listening and how we got to go from having the beautiful sound and directing it in towards our ear holes and um yeah i I guess we're just going to explore that today and and probably have a little bit of a reminisce and and see how many different stages of music evolution we've actually gone through in our 25 or or so years yeah it's 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 fun it's you know it's it's i say funny to think of obviously the era that we live in it's so accessible you know, we can listen to absolutely anything we want to at a at a split of a second, and we're very lucky. We're very lucky to have that. But I mean, you think to back back before <laughs> the olden times, you know, before any of any stuff was the created. 90s. You, lit- you you literally had to like go and listen to people playing musical instruments or yeah. singing or something like that. You actively had to go. I mean, obviously there were like you know um, like touring um, bands and things like that. We used to go you know from province to province or whatever province. I haven't used that word in a long time. Um, that would, yeah, you'd uh, touring shows that you'd have to go and actively go and, you know, listen to, which we obviously still do now with our festivals and things that we talked about last Music Corner. Um, but yeah, the the first, I mean, just to, look, just to start it off, you know, the first kind of big technology that was created for at least, you know, like musical use or sound coming from some sort of device uh, was created uh, by the man uh, Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison back in 1877 uh, with with the phonogram. Um, and the for people that don't know the phonogram, you might be listening to this being like, what the heck is that? The phonogram is basically like a gramophone kind of thing, you know, big cylindrical piece coming out playing music. But the phonogram literally used to play like cylinders. So if you wanted to listen to something, it was like cylindrical and they were only one time use, which I found a fascinating fact. So if you were to put a a, a phonogram on and listen to something, you could only listen to it once and you couldn't play it again, which didn't really make sense on a, on a everlasting kind of thing. Could you imagine sending a message to someone and you know, like you, you've sent them a phonogram and they, they played the cylinder and then they got distracted and they didn't hear it. No, they'd never know. They'd never know. So yeah, back in the 1877s is when, is when technology of, of consuming music or at least sound, uh, began and then it, it evolved from there. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know that at all. I couldn't. Someone said to me, like, when did we? Because to be honest, it's an area that I, I find this. There's, there's often things in life that I'll just stop and be like, how have we got mm. there? 
And one of the things I find that often confronts me is I think, how are we hearing sound from something that isn't emitting sound, mm. right? Because mm. musical instruments, you play, yep. sound emits. If you're within hearing of that, you get to hear what is being played. And I guess the what Thomas Edison invented was the first step along uh, not... Converting? Yeah, I guess I guess so. <laughs> you know, converting and, like sound waves into a physical thing, you know? Because yeah, it, it went from there in the sense of like, you know, discs, like flat discs um, on the on the gramophone. They would, you know, like a, like a vinyl, same yeah. concept. It would literally be grooves in this cylindrical piece disc um, and it would hit a needle and it was all on vibrations. But somehow those vibrations converted into sound. How, how does that work? Like, <laughs> we're talking about it now and I just accept like, yeah, vinyl or the nascence of vinyl, but it's just a, it's just a flat, essentially 2D thing that for some reason now in the age of iPhones or Spotify, whatever we, I can just go, this is so technologically advanced and somehow there's a recording of the thing on the technology and it's playing it back. But you, something like a vinyl, mm just seems so physical and i i mean you've done your best to explain it with you know the needle and the vibration stuff it just doesn't make sense yeah. and think for us the the world that we live in where we're kind of we're over being awed you know we're so used to this bevy of technology and new yeah. information that mm-hmm. it takes more to impress us now imagine the first time someone put a vinyl on and you heard it going, where is the sound coming oh, from? Witchcraft. Just, that, witchcraft. Yeah. It would just be absolutely mental <laughs> to be like, where is the guitar that is playing the sound? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and th- those those discs as well, before like, before LPs, so vinyls, before LPs were created in the, bit, like, I think late 40s, early 50s, um, they, you know, they called them the album vinyl. Um, they were literally made of... Um, glass and zinc which still kind of baffles me as well so they obviously they didn't really they i mean plastic was around but they didn't have the concept of like mass producing so they used to make things out of glass and zinc to for the same kind of flat disc vinyl thing but then they realized that that obviously wasn't yeah fast to make and glass was easily broken and things like that so then that's when the invention of lp um started to come and they could mass produce vinyls and that just kind of blew up and and i mean it's it's you know it's funny to see now that vinyl well, it's not funny but vinyls are still a really big part of our music consumption as well yeah. at least for some people you know i had a vinyl player a few years ago and um i loved it you know there was just something about a particular day instead of putting the the, the sound system on it'd be like let's play a vinyl you know I've pop, I've never had a vinyl before, but people tell me that the sound is more pure than other mainstream yeah. versions of listening to things. Yeah, it's but for me it's pure and rough. You know, it's pure and rough at the same thing because you know obviously sound quality these days it's it's clean. You know, you put headphones on, you play from a speaker, and it's it's really good sound quality. With a the vinyl, there's a certain like grit to it. And I think that's where that kind of pureness of sound comes from. It really does change it. Um, so, yeah, that's a, another 
interesting thing and i think that's why some people don't like you know purists obviously love their vinyls because like you said it's it's pure there's something with it but you know you have people that are constantly you know up updating to the newer technology and newer sound quality and things like that and they just want the cleanest experience of of con, con- consuming mm. that they could possibly buy you yeah know? i guess vinyl would have been before or after radio Oh, uh, after, well, uh, after, after, Ra- radio and frequency and waves, AM and FM would have been around for And so I suppose when radio was invented, you could have people playing music live. Yes, And true. radio transporting that music live, which in a sense was still Good live point. performance, but we had figured out how to transport that to, to more people than inside the room. Yeah. And you were, you were getting a live experience, but just geographically not being so confined and i suppose vinyl was the first step towards completely removing anyone playing anything live and Mm. playback being an option and do you think from vinyl was the next step cassette tape yeah definitely yeah well yeah yeah. it was the multi-track recorder which is what like the Beatles and Beach Boys started to like dabble with and things. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So like that's how they were able to record their sounds within a studio and things. And then from from that recording, that's when cassette tapes were invented. Like literally, I think a year after, they obviously created the thing that could create the music. And then they realized, oh, we need to make, put this in people's pockets and in people's homes. And then that's when the cassette tapes became a thing in about the yeah, 1963. Wow. And it, and it changed, it changed the game for music because it was way more portable than um, vinyls were. And it was more compact as well. And I guess cassette tapes, them, cassette tapes themselves are small, mm. but I remember, and this is, I think where we start our kind of personal music journey. I remember the the containers where you would put a cassette tape in tended to be quite big, but I don't know if they were big because they also had speakers, like a boombox like, almost kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like I remember that being a thing before the concept, and I'm sure this was the case. Having some big instrumental space where you could have a uh, where you could put a cassette tape in. I mean, the technology surrounding the cassette tape might be much much larger um versus my main memory of cassette tapes i feel is some kind of portable cassette tape type space where the technology that surrounds where you're putting the cassette tape is a lot smaller but i I definitely remember cassette tapes from my childhood not so much music to be honest more like children's stories i can remember having certain kids stories tapes and i'm pretty sure that's where i was first introduced to like babe as you know one of a classic Aww. child yes. story um the importance of of being earnest not the um wild story but the the version <laughs> that is like an animal story um mm-hmm. yeah i remember cassette tapes quite well and i think i remember them because i remember the stories and there must be enough going on in my memory to be able to remember the stories and remember the mode of listening to them but mm. i can definitely remember putting cassette tapes in reaching yep. the end having to pick them up turn pick them it around, up turn it put them back in yep um and then when you wanted to listen to it again you had to either manually wind it or the thing would wind it itself yeah and if the reel came out you're like is this really worth saving or yeah just, yeah yeah uh, and I'm i sh- uh, <laughs> sorry no 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 i was just gonna say i, I remember um having boxes and boxes of cassette tapes within their 
containers and having mm. like biro writing on the yeah, outside yeah, 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 sort yeah. of saying what was on the outside and you'd be like yeah okay this is what i want these are the this, stories yeah. i'm going to put it into the thing but then but then i think the the thing that then revolutionized the game is that obviously with a cassette tape you had to um fast forward it or rewind it right like you True. couldn't you couldn't go from track to track so then obviously the next thing was cds yeah compact discs that's when that you had the first ability to be able to actually go from track to track instead of having to fast forward or rewind anything. Right, I forgot about the fast forward and rewinding aspect. Yeah, of man. Cassette yep. But no, you're absolutely right. And similarly, I would have never thought of CDs as being a an invention of all right, skip 3 minutes and skip mm. 12 minutes. Mm. I would because again, we've become so accustomed to where we are listening to music technology now. I, and because of how young we were when that transition was happening, I would never have thought of that as being a significant aspect of of skippability of songs. Yeah, 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 exactly. Do you, hey, also, fun fact, do you know who, what the first compact disc was? Like, who did it, who did it first? Um, it was in the 1980s, early 1980s. I don't i don't i want to guess but i honestly would just be making up someone for the sake of it but i do want to know who is it it was abba really yeah abba's the visitors was the first like commercial compact disc like put into a cd wow i suppose like commercially and i guess the thing about cds is you would have to have cd players in order like there's no point having a cd if you don't have anything to yep. run it on like it would yep. be if the invention of dvds came out before there was a dvd player yeah well, that, i mean that that's that's exactly what happened like uh, uh, with, with our evolution i mean cassette tapes came out and then sony created the walkman in the sense of you know being able to w- walk around with it have yeah. it at your, at your side and then it was the same thing with cds they created the cd and then sony once again a few years later created the discman and it was all about that accessibility, having at your waist, being able to listen to it. Did you ever have a Discman? Uh, I did. I did have a Discman. I, I, I never, like, kept it on my, like, side and, like, went for a walk kind of thing. I was always, like, kind of, instead of using the, um, like, radio kind of thing, I did have a Discman just on my bed. Yeah. Like, just a small little one. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I did I did have one of those. I remember mum having one. I think it's probably still at the house, whether it's, you know, in the garage in a box or something. I'm sure it's still there because I can picture it being blue and I can picture my my red CD, like, folder where I'd keep the, the <laughs> Yo, CDs yes, to, yes, to the play folders. them in. Um, <laughs> I can't remember. I, I would imagine the Discmans would have just had buttons on them, right? Like a next track forward button, a track back button, probably yeah. volume play pause up and down yeah yeah but, i think a volume would have been like the scroll you know the scroll thing on the on the side like a scroll wheel yeah and probably did still have fast forward and rewind as functions but i guess the key jump from there to what was what is coming up was importantly to know that there was still no concept of of screen like it was mm, still very true. much button based and i'm i'm guessing that where we moved from cds was into the concept of an mp3 player right yeah a yeah, more yeah. compact version but what i mean you've, you've done all the excellent research what <laughs> defined an mp3 player versus a discman other than not having to play the disc is just an mp3 player anything where digital sound is recorded and you don't have to input yeah. something manually it was a file 
So yep. it was either an AMP, an MP3, or you could actually use it as an FM AM radio as well. So that, that was your MP3 player. Mm. And you're right, it literally was just a small little device that did have a screen on it. Yeah, and that must have yep. been like t- early 2000s. Right? It was actually late 90s. Really? Well, I, 19, I suppose, I yeah, suppose 1997. Everything, everything is invented earlier than we think because by the yeah, time it comes to mainstream we, and you have yep. access to it. Exactly, um, yeah. I remember having a small MP3 player that was probably about the size of my thumb and I remember it being green and sort of black and was definitely like an, an off-brand. You know, I oh, don't know one of it, those real thin, like, the, uh, small one. Like like you said, it was the size of your thumb. Yeah, pretty small. I think I remember and it those. it did have a screen on it because I, I seem to remember being able to, like, see what the song name yes, was. Yes, yes, yes. And, of course, one thing that we haven't mentioned is the concept of uh, of headphones or earphones yeah, or ear, whatever you want to call them, which I suppose actually dates back a lot further because Discman, we must have had them and probably cassette tapes. Cassette, tapes, cassette tapes, definitely. And that as- aspect of, I mean, I know we're, we're jumping back here, but taking sound and feeding them through a wire into your ears because that is as important and now mainstream as the devices on which we listen to the music, right? Obviously, with you know, we jump ahead, but we've gone wireless now and, and lots of people don't have the cord anymore. But mm, mm. I can specifically remember that small MP3 player and having the headphones. And because CDs weren't a thing, obviously the way that we were loading music onto those devices was now purely digital. And I sort of remember early iTunes. Obviously you could take CDs that you had and put them on a computer and then upload them so cds were still a way of purchasing music and then taking ownership of that music and listening to it Mm. but weirdly in that sort of mp3 player itunes period i don't think i was massively into music i don't have any super strong memories of having like all these cds that i put onto my mp3 i didn't have a very big cd collection to begin with at all to be honest like when cds were a big thing and even going to the mp3 period i I don't remember masses of music so i don't know if it was the difficulty of it or actually the expense of it at the time was probably still a thing because you essentially had to purchase everything Mm. but i remember mp3 being a, a thing like before ipods came in but i don't have strong memories of specific bands or artists or whatever of that period of time if that makes sense yeah that makes sense yeah I, I i was exactly the same i don't think i really had an mp3 player back then i mean what well, i was only like two obviously so <laughs> it just <laughs> right out just like yeah one right on the side of me um but yeah no you're right i mean i ipods ipods was the next kind of big revelation and that yeah that was early 2000s 2001 was the ipod first generation um and then i mean the ipod as a fun fact in the next seven years the ipod released 14 different versions of 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 what an ipod is and stuff um and it's yeah it's crazy i mean the ipod the ipod was actually created before itunes was a thing i guess that makes sense doesn't it yeah once again, they created the thing and then they created the thing that would make it more accessible and easier to attain and have and customize. And it's funny because Apple obviously has such this, this massive reputation now. But when I think about it, like the the difference between early you know, MP3 players and the first couple of iPods was essentially space, mm. I think, because those sort of 
the mp3 player like the one i had i don't think it would fit very much but those early large ipod classics the fact that you could fit like thousands of songs on them i think it was mostly a volume technology that we were impressed with obviously later on apple you know went through all the gens and then you know the only ipod i ever had was like a fifth gen nano so pretty thin and <gasps> small this had a screen so screen. that was the development of being able to actually visualize you know going through albums and you know seeing songs and stuff mm, um mm. that was a significant technology change and i think you could upload like videos onto those so you could yeah, actually yeah, record yeah. and you could watch on the tiny screen um that must have been like 2000 and nine i think <gasps> well I had one done of james yeah because it was I, I ipod remember, nano fifth generation 2009 i can remember recording uh rehearsals of a show that i was doing in 2010 on there <laughs> Yo. and i can remember the tiny little screen of, of watching but yeah i remember at that point being like yes we're now at a point where essentially music is unlimited mm. in the sense that you can the devices can hold as much as you want but we were still in the period of whatever you have whether it's from cds or purchasing itunes or whatever putting it on your device that is all you have access to and i yeah. guess then the, the next and i guess really we're still in this phase in a sense of moving into the iphone phase the the mm. combination of phone technology the internet and consumption of music is where we are still currently obviously things have have come along down the more recent end of that true but that combination of having a device that wasn't just for listening to music access to the internet and music being on the internet and the consumption of music all being bunched into one i mean both as a metaphor but physically device is kind of where we are now or have been for what like the last uh, almost 10 years yeah well the last ipod the ipod touch sixth generation uh was 2015 so they haven't they haven't had another one since 2015 um and yeah you're right i mean it's like having small little mini computers in our pockets that have access to everything soundcloud spotify itunes all of that um so yeah i mean i mean we have been living with phones like that do everything for the past six years but you're right i mean ever since iphones became a thing you were able to have all of your music listening devices and then that's why people stopped um yeah getting um ipods and things because i was the same ipod nano for generation 2009 and then once i started getting iphones and things i didn't need my ipod anymore and i guess the reason why matt and i were interested in talking about this is to kind of figure out where we've come from in music consumption because all of that early stuff we're talking about cassette tapes cds you could only listen to what you had bought exactly and so music discovery must mean a whole different thing i suppose people went into music shops and and listened to to cds or even going to the library or i guess you could rent something and listen and if you liked it then maybe buy it i suppose recommendations from people's music but where we're at now is the discoverability of stuff we haven't listened to before and not really having to buy anything to start Mm. you know you can kind of try anything and and at this period of time where you know most people are on spotify or some form of music listening platform where you can search daily mixes and platforms and radio of this and this recommendation and our scope of ability to listen to music is so much greater than it was even even in the iPod days where it's like 
these are the CDs that you have. You don't need the CDs anymore. You're going to want to upload them. It's all portable. You know, the battery life's decent, so you can go on a walk, take it on on your school trip, whatever. You'll be able to listen to it. That's fine. But no live internet discovering of new genre or new artists. And, and I think, yeah, like I said, coming back to this topic as a whole, not realizing how fortunate we are to be able to just find new music and rather than mm. just sticking mm. to the music that we listen to now is something I'm super guilty of. I find it really difficult to discover new music, to be brave enough to just find a random artist or someone that someone's recommended and listen to their whole album rather than going back to the stuff that I like. And I'm really trying to push myself to to try new artists and new genres and, and try and discover more musical tastes than the stuff that I already know that I like. Yeah. Yeah, them. Yeah, I, I, I'm exactly the same. I think, I think that's why I like listening to like top hits. Yeah, you know, and pop music and stuff because I, I, I literally only listen to like global top fifty and the top hits on Spotify. And every now and then there will be a new artist that I haven't heard before that is new to the scene and then pops up in, in, into one of those. And then from there, I'm able to kind of be like, oh, what other stuff have these guys done? Like, oh, and you know, and you kind of discover what they've been up to and things like that. But I'm very much the same. I really don't go on to discover on Spotify that often and just go, let's just listen to this, you know? Uh, and I think that's that kind of, um, you know, top consuming part of my brain and things that if it's not in the top hits, then is it worth listening to? So I think that's something I'm very guilty to when it comes to music consumption is that I really am listening to what other people are listening to. Um, so yeah, I, I very much need to get, get out of that and, and, and just, yeah, just listen to people that I've never listened to before. But I do, I do try when I've, I've heard something in those playlists to see what more that they have done and try and try and learn more and things. But I, I guess the, the, one thing I wanted to bring up from all of this is it's I've been through, you know, we've been through the evolution of obviously, you know, buying, buying CDs or cassette tapes or whatever vinyls and listening to, to just that. And then I remember there was this really big phase, obviously with iPods, like iPod classics and all that kind of stuff. You could put your own files onto those devices, right? Like you didn't have to use iTunes. Yeah. So then all of a sudden there was this really big era of downloading, like illegally downloading music. So you were, you know, putting whatever you wanted to on those iPods. You haven't paid for it, but you're still consuming it. And then, you know, that really got ripped into because you're not helping those artists. And that's the other thing with all of this ease for access of consuming whatever we want. People will always try and find a free way to be able to do that because we have the capability of being able to do that. But then you have, you know, things like iTunes and Spotify that obviously for me is using Spotify all the time. I pay for Spotify, but then I have unlimited access to all of these types of things. So it's interesting watching it change from, you know, obviously paying for a concert and that's how people were getting their stuff out they created cds and then that's also how they got revenue and money and stuff from that and then now it's very much kind of third party based for a lot of artists because people are listening online so you know i guess i don't know how it works actually to be honest like whether itunes or spotify or you know uh, like jay-z what jay-z has his spotify no not spotify his own streaming is it wave I can't 
Tidal. That's Tidal, the one. Yeah. You know, so um, these big, you know, big artists in Hollywood and the music industry said, no, we want to create our own platform where, you know, we're obviously still getting some back for your consumption of our music kind of thing. So yeah. still helping the artist. Because so Spotify's cuts are so small. I think yeah, it's something like yeah. you get four cents for every like 100 listens or, or you know that is an mm, example yeah. of how small the amount of revenue is i think that's yeah. why for a time like taylor swift wasn't on spotify or something yeah there are yeah. certain artists that aren't because they're rebelling against the, the exactly. low cut of money that you you get but yeah you've hit on a really interesting point in that i think probably cds were likely the peak of revenue being made by musical artists for creating music because you know we talk about million album sales or 10 million album sales CDs weren't cheap, you know. I think that in New Zealand dollars, like twenty nine ninety nine, is what I yeah, think of true. it. Probably the technology of putting sound waves onto those things didn't cost that much, so artists were making quite a lot. Whereas nowadays, you know, yes, vinyl was back, and people do buy vinyls. Mm. And I'm sure artists make a lot more money on on that, even though you have to produce the raw materials. Spotify and all these digital platforms don't give over that much of a a cut which is why live touring and festivals like we said last week yeah yeah those are so important nowadays because that's where most of uh most musical artists make their money because they mm. don't make money you're sure if you're making a billion streams you know if you're someone like benny that goes from no streams to however many million in a short amount of time yeah you're making money off that but it's the touring where yeah. musical artists make all their money which again is why in the the universe of COVID-19 is so problematic for artists True. because they can't go out there and make where most of their revenue stream comes from. You now make, it used to be that you would, you would make an album and put it out there and that would be how you would make your money. But now it's, you make the album so you have new music. So you have a reason to go and tour so that people come and spend the money and you tour the, the, the new music and the old music. And then you go back and you record something simply to have the excuse to go out and tour On again, another tour. Which yeah. is probably one of the few downsides of where we've got to with the, the technology is that it's meant that people creating great music. I mean, you and I, we both pay for Spotify we aren't really contributing particularly actively to those people that we love making money. But I suppose yeah. that's the same with most of entertainment, you know, a Netflix subscription, you watch the film, some portion of some amount of a dollar must be going to the people that create that money. Yeah. So that created that, that product that you're enjoying. But if you compare that to a $12 movie cinema ticket, and the cut that goes when they talk about like box office revenue mm. must be mm. way less. And that is one of the downsides of where we've got to with accessibility is probably the way that it's affected the people who create that content monetarily. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I've had a lot of conversations with, you know, over the years that, and people still are obviously still buying CDs yeah, and all of sure. that kind of stuff because they want to support. They want to support their artists. And I remember there was a really big push of it maybe two two or something, maybe three years ago or something, and everyone started buying CDs and all of this kind of stuff again because it was that whole contributing to the artist. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that's definitely something where we've got in our um, uh, consuming and in humanity in that front is just having ease, ease and and money in the pocket as well you know like for us for ourselves not really 
giving it back and supporting who we want to so yeah you're very right going to the movies obviously one thing that we can do here in new zealand um but you can't really do that overseas and that's why a lot of um you know things are going online streaming and stuff so they obviously must be taking a big cut and fall for that as you were saying and then same with music festivals uh david grohl was on um foo fighters was on tv the other day and he was talking about how the album that they've just released Mm. um midnight madness of madness to midnight i can't remember sorry i should have looked it up again um they actually created that album about i think last year or the year before at some point and they were planning on going on a tour and you know doing a big tour to release this album but they couldn't covid happened and they couldn't go on their tour and they didn't release the album because they wanted to just hold on to it because it didn't seem right um but now we're here in 2021 they've realized that they still can't tour um but they wanted people to hear their music so they did they just released their album so now it's on you know cd and vinyl and things like that i don't know if you can access it on any streaming platforms i haven't had a look yet um but yeah they decided oh, we can't do this thing but we want people to hear our music because this is why we do it so they have they've just released it out without being able to do a tour I've got to go and hunt through the garages and the boxes and stuff because I'm sure there will be at least a few cassettes, you know, a few CDs, and I'd be really interested to listen to them with the same... I mean, I use... We, we don't need to spend heaps of time talking about the, the change from you know, plug-in headphones to Bluetooth headphones, but essentially the, the, the technology of sound quality has got way better, but... yeah. Yeah, that's just sort of technology every year getting slightly better and slightly better rather than massive changes. But it would be interesting to listen. You know, when I record the podcast right now, I have a pair of uh, Skull Candy over ear headphones plugged in, so they are still corded headphones. I'd be fascinated to listen to cassette tapes or CDs and see if the sound quality feels different in the same mm. way that you described vinyl. Vinyl, um, yeah. Because obviously you can listen to different genres, different styles of artists. Their music is very, very different. But the actual sort of, to use a kind of fluffy word, texture of the sound. Mm. I'd be interested if if we've got so used to the digital waveforms coming into straight into our ears via headphones for the most part, that going back and listening to that kind of technology might actually provide a very different uh, system. I mean, I know that people feel that way about vinyl because I've chatted to people about that. I mean, Wellington's a pretty trendy hipster kind of <laughs> town, but I have even here, I haven't seen anyone walking around with like a discman strapped to their waist. It'll definitely happen. Oh, yeah. Predicting it here within the next year, cassette tapes, discmans will come back. Um, it's just, it, it is inevitable. It'll yeah, just happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess an interesting little pop culture thing to bring up right now walkmans and stuff were really big when guardians of the galaxy came out mm. because um you know he he did he Come had his <laughs> he, he had his um his discman and things like that volume one and volume two for both of those movies but now even in guardians they've kind of moved on because now he has an mp3 player oh yeah he's got a zoom is what they call it in their in their universe so he has a zoom now so when we get guardians 3 whenever that comes out he will be able to have this unlimited access of music because i i mean i love that scene you know he gets handed the zoom 
and um, he's and uh, I can't remember who it was. And he tells him that there's like over like 300 songs. And he's like, what? You know, like he's amazed that there's this many songs on this small little device. Um, so yeah, even in pop culture and movies and things like that, it's 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 evolving. So it'll be interesting to see with Guardians three what music choices and things that they have with that. Because we do take it for granted, eh? And I think that's part of again to reiterate why we thought this was worth tracking back because we just take the technology for granted the the infinite ability to search even in our lifetime even in the last 10 years has changed so significantly we have so much music at our fingertips and we're so used to what we have now that imagine if spotify apple music all just dropped off the face of the planet and we had to go back to listening to to cds we would absolutely be back in our what three albums would you take to desert island because we <laughs> yeah, would have true. to just pick and choose and pick and choose and pick our yeah. absolute favorites um whereas now we're just in this land of plenty where there's and you know they say there's infinite minutes of um content uploaded to youtube every every minute you know yeah. a thousand hours gets uploaded or whatever the status the same with spotify there must be billions of minutes of content on there that you could never possibly get through but oh true sometimes it's nice just take a sort of trip down memory lane to remember where we've come from not necessarily all the way from the 1870s because none of us were (laughs) alive there i don't think we have to you know reflect on that as a what we have now versus what we have then but certainly within the last 10 15 years where Mm. we are versus Mm. where we were then in terms of consuming uh art in a greater sense but music specifically we're blessed we're we're incredibly fortunate in this this period of 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 human existence that we live in yeah definitely Uh, i think you know one thing to piggyback of everything that we've just talked about and stuff is like if you have an opportunity to support artists and you you know you you have a favorite artist or you love them and you want to support them support them you know obviously we're in hard times and we're fortunate here in New Zealand and I'm, I'm not sure how you guys are doing overseas and things but yeah as as always if you if you can support some something that you love then do you know whether it's buying their content you know merchandise you know uh, donating something their way um let, let, let them know you know because it's it's easy it's easy. Might be a few dollars out of the pocket, um, but I think that's definitely something that we've we've lost track of, as as James was just saying. So, yeah, uh, I'm definitely going to try and be a bit more active in in that front and and supporting artists that I do like in any way, shape, or form. Um, and yeah, just 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 keep that in the in the back of the mind as we as we continue through 2021. Absolutely, and thank you for your, all your research, man. That was some no, incredible you. stats and dates and fun facts. Because genuinely, most of what you brought up, I didn't know any of that. And Good. And a pub quiz at some point that's going to come up, and I'm going to be so ready. <laughs> but we should move on from music corner. Yes, um, yes, yes. Into I don't know what have you been consuming. We kind of haven't really come up with a name for this. If anyone no, has a name for this sort of portion of the podcast, but we should talk about what we've been watching. If there's anything new on, please hit us up. We haven't thought of anything. And <laughs> we kind of have gone from our nice tidy music corner. We got question time, all these sorts of things. And we also just have this muddy kind of, what have you been watching, <laughs> listening to tell me about your, your life, which is where we're at now. And, and I push it over to you. To answer that really tidy question, anything anything new or has it just been the same of the old? I've definitely got a few things that I've I've watched since we've we've last chatted that I want to share with you, but let me throw it over to you first. Yeah, look, uh, to be honest, no. 
you know uh, i i really haven't i'm on my i'm on my same buzz um in the sense of you know what i'm watching at the week i'm still trying to get through my video game guys i know i'm talking about it every week but i'm just trying to finish valhalla i know as, as soon as i finish valhalla i'll be on to everything else i have so much need to catch up on I, you know i still i do want to watch bridgerton i want to see what the buzz is about you know i've got a few other netflix shows and things i need to catch up there's a second season of snowpiercer coming out if you haven't seen snowpiercer i do recommend First season's out, second season's out as well. Episode week by week. Have you? Do you know? Do you know Snowpiercer? Nope. Nope. No. So Snowpiercer, uh, pretty sure it was a, a, a novel. It was a book, and then it was created into a film, which uh, Chris Evans starred in. Um, I think it was a, a, a few years ago now, and they released um, a TV se- a series on Netflix, and it's actually got um, David Diggs, who oh, plays cool. Thomas Edison. Yeah, he plays the main... Um, Thomas uh, Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson. Thomas did you Jefferson, say sorry. Edison or Jefferson? I did. No, I'm so caught up on my phonogram stuff still that it just kind of a Freudian slip there. Uh, Thomas Jefferson and, and Hamilton, he he plays the main uh, protagonist in, in Snowpiercer. Um, really good show, but I need to catch up on the second season. Um, but yeah, yeah, like I said, need to get through my video game, but the one big thing that I'm going to keep advocating for, because I know everyone listening and you, James, know that I love my Marvel, is watch WandaVision. WandaVision is ridiculously insane and confusing in the most beautiful way possible. Uh, we just had the fifth, fifth episode out on Friday, and it is an absolute doozy. If you know anything of the Marvel Universe, or what's been going on, or even, you know, even other universes, I'm a little little thing to say there, um, it's really good. It's really good. Confusing, definitely. It takes a few episodes to get into it, um, but it is now ramping up, and I'm having so many different conversations with other people, and we're just trying to figure it out. I don't don't want to spoil anything, and I don't like looking for spoilers online. Um, but I just got to advocate it. I will always advocate for Marvel and what they're doing. But what they're doing with Disney Plus, I am all for because as a consumer, you want to get more more bang for your buck, right? And with these these Disney Plus series, we're literally getting hours and hours of, of content instead of just one one movie every few months. You know, so it, it's it's really good. So that, that's what I've been consuming, and I'm gonna keep on talking about it until the season's done <laughs> fair enough man you do you are passionate about it keep keep heading over the head like i haven't started it yet and you keep talking about it so you have to keep reminding me until yep, yep. i bloody well get down and do it um there were a few things that I, i've seen in the last week one of them actually was from a couple of weeks ago but because we were so in depth with the the social dilemma uh on last week's episode i didn't get to talk about it I finally got round to watching Star Wars Episode Nine. Oh, whoa. I hadn't watched it, and yep. for some reason, it never got spoiled for me. I didn't. Oh, wow! So the previous uh, Episode Seven, Episode Eight, and Rogue One, I saw in the cinema. We saw Seven together. Yes, that's right. We did. We did. We yeah. went to the movies. I remember seeing them there, and so when Nine came out, for whatever reason, I didn't get round to seeing it. And because I didn't get around to seeing it, then it just dropped off the radar. And because mm-hmm, it dropped mm-hmm. off the radar, I went, well, this would be spoiled for me. Uh, obviously, at the end of episode eight, there was the the hint of, um, uh, what's his name? Sidious? Yes. Darth Sidious. Darth Sidious, yes. Being hinted. So I don't think that's a spoiler if you've seen episode eight. And I kind of just thought, well, this will be spoiled for me on the internet and I'll watch it at some point. Weirdly, all this time later, it's been well over a year, I was, I said, 
to, to friend one eye. I say, oh, you know what? Let's just, let's watch this. I feel like kind of <laughs> out of space, Star Wars, whatever. Um, and it was okay. okay. And I think I knew it was going to be okay yeah. because yeah. that was kind of the general reaction that I've gauged from people that have talked about it, but not spoiled it. And I think the thing that I realized was all of the new Star Wars films, for me, I've always enjoyed the last 30 minutes. Rogue One being an example. I didn't oh, like Rogue so One good. as a whole. Oh, I thought I, the last hour was brilliant. Mm-hmm, I thought so mm-hmm. much of the start of the story was wasted adventure yeah, when nothing you. mattered. And this is what I said to our good pal Hamish the other day. I was like, what they haven't figured out with these new Star Wars films is how to make the first hour or hour and a half mean something for the last hour mm. or 30 minutes because mm. so often what seemed important and the invention that was happening becomes oh we didn't actually need that in the end because there was another thing or oh that became irrelevant and i think i've got a bit sick of the start of the films not actually meaning anything or the trajectory not being important yep. where you get to the end and i felt like this with episode nine with what happened in the last half an hour it's like i'm actually really enjoying this this is quite captivating the storytelling of the universe and the canon but I just can't ignore the fact that within the first hour we've spent time in areas and subplots and storylines that don't feel New like planets. They, yeah, that yeah, they, yeah. they mattered. And I just feel like with these films have been so, we've written the end of the story. This is my imagining mm-hmm. of it. This mm-hmm. is how we know what we want to happen. How can we get to this point and reverse engineering rather than starting from the start where yeah. you approach that as like a trilogy, you know, seven, eight, nine or specific films and going, right, we're from here. Where do we want the characters to go and where will they rejoin up? So I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed how it ended mm-hmm. and actually it made me go, cool. Uh, when's the next thing coming out? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't yeah, yeah. help but feel like maybe our storytelling isn't as you know and i don't want to say not what it used to be riding on and i am interested to see what taika does with star wars and new people because i think finding a way an interesting two hours to tell that doesn't just resolve around the what happens in the last 20 minutes to the major characters yeah is something that in a lot of those kind of big franchises particularly with star wars has felt a bit lost to me i mean what was yep. your th- i know you're, you're a star wars fan what was your 30 second take on on episode nine specifically because yeah uh, i just uh, caught up guys yeah uh, hey welcome welcome uh, uh unfortunately episode nine felt to me what the last season of game of thrones was yeah you know it kind of just it was kind of going in the right direction then all of a sudden it didn't it, it didn't quite go what the way everyone was expecting but not in a good way you know obviously you can watch you can listen or you know hear a story or watch something and it's like whoa i so didn't expect that but in like game of thrones and in, in episode nine it was kind of like oh i didn't expect that you know it was a, it was a bit of a, a bit of a letdown i feel like they could have done it a bit better but uh, look I, I, I am i am a fan of the star wars universe i did enjoy episode nine for what it was trying to do but i felt like they could have done it a lot better but I think the problem with that last trilogy, seven, eight, and nine, is that they had a lot of problems when it came to directors yeah. and visions. So um, I think was it J.J. Abrams did seven, yeah. and then they got Ryan Johnson in to do the second one. 
uh, in episode eight and Ryan Johnson just completely flipped the switch. So it didn't feel like it was with seven. And then unfortunately that didn't lead into nine very well. So you're very right. I think as an overall arc of the trilogy, it wasn't coherent. Yeah. It, it wasn't cohesive at all. Um, but I did obviously from the, from the lore of star Wars and, and things like that, I, I did enjoy it. But I think for a lot of Star Wars fans and purists of the of the of the original trilogy, you just can't beat it. You yeah. can't beat it. You know it. That is Star Wars. I, look, I'm a fan of the prequel series. I am. I grew up with that. I do like them for their meme factor and what they are now. Um, but yeah, I, I would say probably the 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 latest trilogy is probably I would say my le- my least favorite and and probably my least watched as well. I gotta mm. say. Yeah, I probably wouldn't go back and watch any of those films whereas episodes one two and three i i have gone back and, and watched yeah. i think an issue with what you're heading at with an aspect of the game of thrones final season this trilogy is these modern big franchises they try and cram so many characters in yeah and yep. yes we know that the star wars universe is large so there's a lot of people same with game of thrones the universe that george rr R. martin created has so many characters but when you have those many characters and you translate it to film or even TV, you try and resolve all these characters in a way and it's just never going to be satisfying. Yeah. And there's too many people. And I think that was part of the issue with, with Star Wars. You know, the number of sub-characters that they'd introduced where their plots weren't really resolved. It made me just think, sometimes you just need a good bat, like a goodie and a baddie to like yeah. sum it up you just need yeah. a good person a bad person and it's all about their conflict rather than second bad person or second good person or third good person <laughs> and how they all interact yeah um and and funnily enough to transition into the other film that i watched recently i thought it did this really well and again first time i've seen this film was the original disney animated hercules oh i'd never seen it before and i wow. don't know why mm. and watching it i was like why have I never seen this? I love Greek mythology. Greek yo, mythology yo, yo. is one of my favorite. I read all the Percy Jackson books. I know, you know, I just love that that storytelling. And so I was watching this and thinking, they're all here. All the ca- all the gangs here. Why have I never seen this before? And I really enjoyed that film because aside from the the great animation and the songs were great and, you know, just that 90s kind of Disney is always hilarious. Mm, mm. It was pretty simple plot. Like you have the story of Hercules, you have Hades as the villain, you have probably two side characters and that's it. It's about Mm. that singular conflict and the stuff that happens around it. But it wasn't like here's minor character nine and 10 and 11 and 12 and 13 and all their side stories have to be resolved. And so at the end of the hour 45 minutes when the Hercules and Hades thing was resolved and we got to the end, I came away. I was like, huh, great. The storytelling was there. It was predictable in some amounts. I mean, it's based on mythology. So I knew some of the stuff Mm -hmm. that was happening, Mm but, but I wasn't trying to throughout the hour and a half, two hours track what's going to happen with them. That storyline needs to resolve. And so I just really, really enjoyed it. That's part of why I like going back and watching Disney films because their storytelling concepts can be quite simple or in yeah. some cases, like with the more recent films, Soul and um, Inside Out, yep, sometimes true. they're more complex ideas, but they don't overpack the the narrative with too many excess uh, storylines to have to tie up and they almost always finish them in a satisfying way. And mm. so that wasn't the case with Star Wars 9. 
Whereas Hercules, obviously completely different films, completely, completely different, different yes. run times. Yes. But in terms of the satisfaction of when the credits roll, when you go, ha, huh, versus like turning to the person you're watching with going, but what? <laughs> like those are such different experiences. And I think those yeah. are, are two experiences I had over the last couple of, of weeks that just made me think about the singularity of when the film finishes, how do you feel? Yo. Yeah, hard. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I haven't I haven't watched Hercules in years. I've definitely seen it, um, but I haven't watched it in my now growing up brain uh, of understanding things. So yeah, yeah, I haven't, I haven't watched. It. Oh yeah, I'll go. Oh yeah, go, I got to give it a watch back. Got to give it a watch back. I think it might be one of the last Disney films that I've never seen. I think most of them, the the classic animated, all the way from like the sixties, seventies through to where we are now it was just one that i'd never seen and i really mm. enjoyed it man that's great took it off what else have we got in our sites one i watched you know within the last six months with aristocats i'd never seen it oh uh, yeah really good, yeah, really, good really really good yeah, good one definitely. um i don't think i've ever really been disappointed by an old animated animated one but but that's a story story for a, a different day we could do our <laughs> massive power rankings of disney films and, oh, and argue that. about where toy story fits versus toy story 2 versus incredibles <laughs> well you know it's it's all it's all good stuff but hercules if you've never seen it see it if you have seen it watch it again star wars 9 mm, yeah. i mean i mean maybe watch it maybe maybe form, watch it. form your own opinion form your own opinion um yeah, and then the only other thing I was going to mention was a show that was recommended to me that I haven't started yet, but I've watched sort of a later prequel to it. Is the series Euphoria? I have also been recommended it, and I also need to watch it as yeah. well. So. I don't know that much about it, other than people who are having said it's really good and it being recommended to me by, by someone whose sort of artistic opinion I value. Um, but so there was one season, and then in lockdown or COVID, they've released two specials, which essentially smaller scale. And episode zero uh, is a prequel to the series, and I watched the prequel, and it was just brilliant writing it's essentially mm. two characters sitting in a diner having a conversation about um addiction and drugs and yep. the impact of their own life and i just watched it for 50 minutes just two characters two great performances talking about engaging stuff in a way that seemed just life on screen um so even if you haven't seen euphoria and you're not ready to commit to a series and i mean this is a recommendation to you as well as yes, everyone else yes, yes. watching the special i think if you were to to find it anywhere it would be placed first as like yep. see episode 0. 0.0 rather than 0. 0.1 or whatever um and it's only 50 minutes and if you just want to sit down and watch great writing and two great performances um yeah euphoria special was great um and i don't know what i'm gonna watch this week i don't know i'm sort of in an impasse with tv shows and things so so maybe wandavision will happen <gasps> i won't promise too. anything Okay, but I'd like to be able to engage with you in that sort of speculation. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. What is going on? I've seen some people posting about it on Facebook and stuff, and I'm like, I do want to be part of this conversation. <laughs> it's good. It's going to open up a lot of things for the rest of what's coming out. So yeah, but no, I, I'm the same. Look, my video game Valhalla. It'll be finished this week. It'll be done, and I'll be into these more conversations and recommendations more. So don't worry, everyone listening. I'll have some stuff. <laughs> yeah, they're they're just sitting there being like. We don't care about we the video games. Stop. <laughs> You've had some, your episode already. <laughs> give us some abstract movies to watch. 
I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe no one is taking any recommendations. Let us know. But seriously, anything you anything you think about the the show, whether it's of interest, whether it's not, if you've if you have a recommendation, whether it's you know, music or TV or film or whatever, please send it through because yeah. anything that 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 comes through from you, the listener, we're genuinely more interested in that than uh, each other's recommendations and the internet's because if you are confident enough in what you're watching to hit us up and be like, yo, this is great, we're going to absolutely dive in and and have a watch. And then if it's terrible, come on and roast you. No, no, no. It's, 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 we'll all be love. love Friendly, 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 friendly. But thank you to everyone uh, out there still, still listening as we move into, into February to our friends outside New Zealand. We hope you're doing okay. Um, Friends inside New Zealand. We also hope you're doing okay, but from slightly less further afield. Um, Anything final to say before we sign off for the week, my bro? Hey, no, man. I've, I really enjoyed today. I really enjoyed today. Uh, it was nice bringing a few things to the table, a few bit of bit of research, keep us all up to date on what's going on and uh, how we're how we're changing over the years. Um, but no, like, like I said, my my big point before, uh, if you're consuming something and you're supporting something, you know, let let them know, let them know, um, and yeah, give back because I think you know we're going through a lot of hard times at the moment, and it's important to uh, realize realize how, as James said earlier on, how easy we've really got it. Uh, in another way of saying it. Um, but no, other than that, man, I, I thank you once again for joining me here on this this Sunday and uh, providing the people uh, for some things to listen to. Beautiful, bro. Hey, thank you so much for this week. Thank you to everyone out there listening. We hope you're doing well. And Matt, all that's left to be said, my bro, as we will see you next time. Peace. I'll be waiting for you to come around, hesitating with my feet stuck in the ground.